Oh. Oh. Do y'all remember the days where we used to do prophetic activations, right? I think there's something, I know Monica, you said in one of your sessions you did some kind of prophetic activation uh, in maybe on Tuesday. And um, I think the Lord loves prophetic activations. And it's really good for us because, you know, we're, we're being taught by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, some of the most effective teaching comes not just when you read, but when you read and when you speak, and then when you read and you speak and you do. You know, y'all have all read those studies, right? How, you know, your memory retention, if you just read something versus reading it and then reading it out loud and then writing it. So, um, but it's a reminder that when we come into His presence... We, we, we are on holy ground, right? Um, I don't think he's going to have us walk barefoot all, all the time from now. But I think it's, it's good for us to, to um, definitely hear the still small voice and pay attention to it, right? Everybody agree with that? Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody good? I can't help you with that. Sorry. So, um, this is, I would like this to be a, a discussion. Of course, it's going to be a time of teaching and learning, I hope, hope for all of us. But I would like to have some discussion. So, when you feel the, the, the urge of the Holy Spirit to speak up and to share some color or commentary, please do so. Amen? So, I was sitting at the conference this week, and I was looking up at the screen in front and it said understanding the times how many of you saw that this week <laughs> anybody not see that this week <laughs> okay so the lord said read that backwards so i read it backwards and it said times the understanding okay and then he said well what's one times ten i said well that's even i got that it's ten it's a multiplication right and so the lord said you need to understand that I'm, I'm giving you supernatural understanding. And he's going to do it quickly. Because we're in the last days. Okay? I mean, you look at, we've been, you know, since Jesus was here, 2022 years almost, uh, since, he, since he went on to be seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, and, of course, he was in ministry for, what, 30 years or something like that. But... We have to understand that the Lord wants us to have a paradigm shift in our thinking. It's so easy for us to just wake up in the morning, praise the Lord, go about our, you know, do our Bible study or prayer time or intercession or whatever holy thing it is that we do. But regardless of what it is, it's still this, the, pretty much the same thing that we do each day. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because we're all creatures of habit. We all have routine, and that's good. The Lord would have us have that. But because of that, we have to consciously and actively think about elevating our thought. Okay? Because he is high above all things. Okay? We're in the world. We're not of the world. But, boy, it's easy to be in the world and of the world sometimes, isn't it? I mean, I just, you guys, it is. I mean, let's be honest here. Um, so the Lord had me 
share this with you today for this very specific reason that we all need to um, take it up a notch or two or ten right shift our, our thinking you know <coughs> um, I was listening to Fabian talk about his job and being without job and then doing contract work for a while and you know I think most of us in this place know what a challenging time that is right because we've got financial obligations that we need to meet we, we've got to take care of what we got to take care of we got to take care of our family our, our obligations and commitments uh, and it's hard it's hard to wait and it's 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 hard I mean the, the but the Lord would have us wait sometimes and um, I, while Fabian was talking about this kept thinking of you know he's a son and he's not just a son he's a son of the king not a king the king right Larry and Vicki Zach don't you want the absolute best for him whatever it is in in whatever aspect of life whether it's employment or marriage or whatever we that's the same way that the Lord looks on us we are his kids and he wants nothing but the best for us right did he want your back healed of course he did does he want Denise's pain in her mouth to go away of course he does does he want Fabian to have a great job of course he does but the Lord brought Fabian to a new point of perspective okay he was a little wish he were here because I would like to tell him this but he was he you know he was all kind of wrapped up in the title oh they're not going to give me the director title but but they're giving you everything else right and the Lord spoke to him he said you didn't even ask for this job you know so so you're doing that I mean I brought this to you right so whether Fabian knows it or not he went through a paradigm shift in his thinking because the Lord intervened and, and it brought revelation to him. Amen? How many of us want the Lord to intervene and bring revelation to us? Man, I do. You know, I just went through a, a transition, Monica knows all about it, at, at my office with my work and my admin. She's been with me for years. And um, she resigned pretty unexpectedly and pretty quickly. And I wasn't real happy with the way that it went down. I mean, I wasn't mad or angry. I was really more hurt, right? Because, as Monica knows, I mean, she's really more like a family than an employee. And I just wasn't, you know, I was a little bent up about how it happened. And, and then the Lord um, provided uh, a solution. And it's a solution that, I had, that he had before that I didn't have the best experience with. But you know what? This last week when I was out of the office, and I'd been out of the office for two weeks prior to that, this admin that is helping me, she performed flawlessly. I mean, I would give her a task and say, you know, we can talk about this later, and, and, and you know, I can help you get this thing together. And then when I'd call her back, she said, I've already got that done. You know, so sometimes you don't know what the Lord has for you until what you think is for you is not there anymore. Now that's kind of weird to think about. Okay? We've all heard the saying that says sometimes you don't know what you got till you don't got it. That's where I was. Okay? When Kelly resigned 
you know, it, it always makes us understand and realize how much that person does. When Monica goes out of town, I'm sure when I go out of town, it makes you realize, wow, she does a ton <laughs> when she's here. And when she's not here, I've, I've got to do that. You know, I have to step in and fill that. So that's, that is, let's call that first level thinking. Second level thinking is, you don't know what I got for you till you don't got what you think you want. Did you get that, brother? Now, is that not a paradigm shift in thinking? But that's how the Lord wants us to think. We think we got it all figured out. We think we know what we need, what we want. We think we know what he wants of us. I'm here to tell you, you don't. He'll reveal it to you. But he wants so much more for you, Monica, for you, Stacy, for you, Sister Pastor. She want, he wants so much more for us as his children that we have got to start thinking higher. We've got to start thinking on a higher level, on a higher scale. We'll read a passage in here in a minute, and I'll just tell you. Now, but Peter asked Jesus, you know, my brother sins against me. Should I forgive him seven times? What does Jesus say? That's first level thinking. Forgive him seven times 70. It's 490 times, by the way. Okay? That's where we need to be in our thinking. Amen? The, the, the challenge with it is that requires work. It requires change. We all hate change. Uh, change is uncomfortable, but it's also the only constant. Okay? We all like to be comfortable. We all like to be in our own little groove going on. The Lord wants to get us out of the comfort zone. But, but, but we have to be willing. We have to be courageous. We have to be thoughtful. And we have to act. Amen? I heard it said one time that thinking... Why do so few people think? Why do so few people think? Because it's the hardest work. Why should I think if somebody else will think for me? Right? The problem with that is, if we're not thinking, and we're letting other people do the thinking for us, who are we letting do the thinking for us? Oftentimes, most of the times, 99.5% of the time, it's other earthlings, right? It's other people down here on this first level, not the second level, the first level, that are influencing our thinking and that are guiding our thoughts and our ways. Do you want your thoughts and your ways to be guided by people on this earth around you at work? Or, or wherever it is that you find yourself. <laughs> I know I don't, because we're not going to make an impact in this physical realm for the spirit thinking that way. Okay? We have got to actively, proactively our thinking higher. Okay? That's what we're going to talk about today. I have this passage. Um, we, we, we came home last night from the 
wonderful gathering at Scott and Stacy's. Thank you again so much for hosting that. It was such a lovely time, and everybody for participating. There was it was really nice. Um, so we come home, and Monica's like, "Well, do you, have you got it together for tomorrow?" And I said, <laughs> "I said, I, I, I think I do." And she said, "Well, that's remarkable." Um, and this morning, I, I, and I told you, I said, I, I need to tighten it up a little bit, and I'll, you know, get up and do some work in the morning. So this morning, I come down, I sit down. I actually, I take it back. Last night, how many of you on your computer, I always put mine to sleep. I don't turn it off, but I sleep it, right? Well, I walk by my study, and I see my computer screen glowing in the, in the glare of the glass on the door, and I'm like, oh, I need to go sleep my computer. So I go in there, and I have uh, the Bible olive tree, of all things, pulled up, preparing my work, Monica. And uh, there's a there's a passage up there, and I must have landed on that when I left my te- you know working on my teaching, and it was Isaiah 11. And so I read it before I went to bed, and I'm like, man, <laughs> that was there for a reason. So when I got up this morning, I cut and pasted that out of olive tree, and I planted it right at the beginning of the teaching. So we're going to start with that. Okay, and then we'll talk a little bit about it, and we'll keep going. So on your handout, uh, Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither shall he reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity fairly for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. Amen. Who are they talking about here? Who's Isaiah talking about here, prophetically? Yeah. The Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus, the Christ, the Christ, right? You know, when I read through this, the Lord had me think, okay, read through this again, Les. Man's ways, God's ways. Man's ways, God's ways, okay? Let's, let's keep working on this second-level thinking thing. You know, man's ways versus God's ways. How many times have we said God's ways are not man's ways? I mean... I think that all the time. But do we really have that in us? Do we really know that? Do we really believe that? Or do we find ourselves going down the path of man's ways? I find myself going down the path of man's ways a lot. And I have to catch myself and say, what are you doing? Okay? When Kelly resigned, I went down the path of man's way of thinking. Oh my gosh, you know, I run a very large practice, praise the Lord. I've got lots of clients all over the globe, praise the Lord. <coughs> and praise the Lord, remarkably, I'm able to manage that, me and one assistant. Now, I'm managing it 
with me. But I'm really not managing it with me, am I? Because as the saying goes, God is my co-pilot, right? I have a partner. It's not just me. The Lord can give me, and I think it's his desire to, give me second-level thinking. I don't have to get all, like I said yesterday, my buddy Bill, wrapped around the axle thinking the way man thinks. Because I was doing that. I was a little wigged out, you know, when, when this happened because I had just planned this trip. You know, her last day is going to be my first day back after being gone for two weeks. You know, I'm just thinking, how's this going to work? But, you know, oftentimes there's no problem. There's our thinking. There's a problem. Do you see how that worked? No problem. Our thinking. Problem. Yes, we create our own issues by our first level earthly carnal thinking. We do. We're human, right? That's the way, that's the, it's kind of like the way we were brought up, right? So the Lord told me this week when the conference was coming, yes, you've been gone for two weeks. Yes, you just lost your assistant. Yes, you've got this new person. Tuesday was her first day. Tuesday, the day that you taught the first session of the seminar. Okay, never met her. I've had one 15-minute phone interview with her, and she's going to, like, take over my servicing my whole client practice. You know, from some town I've never heard of in California. How's that going to work, Lord? It worked flawlessly. <laughs> Go figure. So the Lord told me, he said, you know what? You can stay wrapped around that axle, or you can focus on what you need to be focused on, which is me, the saints, the conference, what's going on there. Yes, you're going to have to check in. Yes, you're going to need to do your 10 o'clock call every, every day with her to just to make sure things are working right. But for the most part, be there, be present, be digging into the deeper things of the Spirit and what I have called you to do. Okay? This is your J-O-B on the earth, and it's, it's a calling for me. It's what I mean. It's kind of, I, I truly believe what I do personally, I was made to do that. I'm blessed and I thank God that that he's got me where he has me in my work because I love it you know I go on trips and I'm like chomping at the bit to get back to work because I just love what I do and that I mean everybody a lot of people know that is quite a blessing because it's not that way for most people but again it's because the Lord has me there but my first level thinking really had me no problem thinking problem when if I had no problem and I had second level thinking, which is what the Lord told me to be thinking on, be at the conference, be with your people, be learning of me, I'll make everything else okay, no problem. Second level thinking, no problem. I like that formula a lot better. Don't you? That is the best model. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so on your handout, God's ways versus man ways. And I put can we with a blank. So can we have the Spirit of the Lord resting on us? Can we? Okay, yes, we can. Can we have 
the spirit of wisdom and understanding? Not only can we, the Lord wants us to. Amen? Can we have the spirit of counsel and might? Can we have the spirit of knowledge in the fear of the Lord? Yes, we can. Can we be of quick understanding? Not only yes, we can, but we need to be. Okay? We are in the end times. We have got to be able to cut to the chase. We don't have time. We don't have time. And the Spirit will lead us in our understanding. He will lead us in, in our decision-making capability because it will be Spirit-led. And we'll be able to make that decision according to the Spirit in a nanosecond. I believe that. Will he teach us how to righteously judge, deal with, aid, help the poor, the poor in spirit, the poor, the poor? Yes, he will. The Lord wants us to have all these things. Okay? Jesus, our elder brother, he is our role model. I love reading the Old Testament and the New Testament. Sometimes I think, man, like Mary, sitting at his feet, I just need to read the words in red over and over and over and over and over and ask the Spirit to enlighten my understanding. I put here Revelation 22.20. This is the end of the book. And it says, He which testifies these things says, Surely... I come quickly. Okay? He is coming quickly. A day is is a thousand years. It's been a couple of days now with the Lord. Okay? He likes the he likes threes, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? It's coming. Okay, you can tell. I mean wars and rumors of wars and nation rising against nation and pestilences and earthquakes and fire you think about the fires, the mudslides, the natural disasters we've had. You think about the geopolitical tensions we've had. We've had. We have present tense all over the world right you think about what's going on in our society and I know that you know our parents before us our grandparents before them you know they thought the same thing okay but we all know every day that goes by every 24 hours we are one day closer and I really do feel that we're in the end times it doesn't really matter whether we are or aren't we got to do what we got to do right brother amen um, how many of you, I, 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 tell my, I told my kids this when they were growing up, you are shaped by your environment. You know, they find these little fish on the Marianas Trench in the deepest part of the ocean. They're clear, they, they, they're, they're, they're organisms, but they're impacted by their environment. They don't have, they almost look like they don't have any substance, right? Light has never touched them, Okay. How many of you have ever eaten flounder? Anybody? Okay. Has anybody ever caught a flounder? Anybody? Yeah. Where are their eyes? On top. Both eyes are on one side of that fish. That's weird. <laughs> How do you see what's coming on the other side? The, re- the reason why is the fish lays on its side on the bottom of the sea. 
He doesn't need to see down there. He needs to see up there. The Lord just kind of moved his eye up on top. So nature proclaims the glory of the Lord. Does it not say that? It does. I love nature. And there are so many lessons we can learn from nature. I just I love being out there. But I, I, I remember telling my kids, you will be shaped by your environment. And you have the freedom to choose those you allow into your space and those that you don't allow into your space. And you're going to be impacted by those you allow into your space. You're going to be impacted by your environment and those you allow into your space. So you can remember on 20th of March, 2022, Mr. Terrell standing before you telling you the Lord's given you control over your environment. Control what you can control. And that's a word for all of us. Control what you can control because you will be molded, shaped, and influenced by your environment. Okay? Sometimes I think that's why, you know, I, I work out of uh, a one-bedroom apartment by myself. I walk in, the presence of the Lord is there. I say, Lord, thank you so much for this place that I can come in here and not deal with anybody and just be with you and my clients and do what I do and leave. Okay? I chose that environment. The Lord helped me because I had a, a Kelly used to be in there too, but he, he moved her out. And anyway, we're shaped by our environment. And I found this wonderful story, which we've all read before, but we're going to read it together real quickly. And it's going to uh, highlight for you in, in God's word to us an example of somebody who got it, environment shaping, and who used it to his mighty benefit. Genesis 30, beginning in verse 25. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, his father-in-law, Send me away, that I might go into my own place, into my own country. Give me my wives, my children, all the stuff that I have served thee for, and let me go. For ye know my service, which I have done unto thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy eyes, tarry, wait, <laughs> please. For I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. So his father-in-law recognized that he was blessed because of his son-in-law. And he really didn't want to let him go. I mean, we've read this, right? And he just he kept changing the deal. I hate when people change the deal. But he says to him, appoint me thy wages and I will give it to you and so Jacob says unto him you know how I've served you and you know how your cattle were with me for it was little which you had before I came and now it is increased unto a multitude and the Lord has blessed thee since my coming and now when shall I provide for my own house also? I want to get out and go take care of my family. I want to have my place. I want to have my cattle. I want to take, you know, I want to, I want to take care of my, my people now. And he said, well, what shall I give you? And so Jacob said to him, thou shalt not give me anything. Here's what I want you to do. I will, again, 
feed and keep thy flock. And what I'll do is I'm going to pass through all of the flock today, and I'm going to remove from your flock all the speckled and spotted cattle, all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and the speckled among the goats. And of such shall be my hire. So basically he's saying, look, you've got, you know, when, when, when you put me to work for you, you didn't have very many cattle. I went to work for you, and now you've got a multitude of cattle. But what it will do is I'll walk through the multitude of cattle that I've helped you get, and I'll pick all the, you know, all the, the, the ones that aren't perfect, right? You know, the, the runt of the litters, if you will, the, the speckled, the spotted, you know, the, the brown. And I'll leave you with the pristine, beautiful, strong ones. That's essentially what he said. <clears throat> that will be my hire. That will be my pay. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come uh, for hire before thy face. Every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep shall be counted as stolen with me. So he's basically saying, look, this is how I propose we do this. And if you come check out my flocks and you find any that aren't spotted or not perfect, you can assume I stole them from you. And so Laban says, Behold, I would it might be according to your word. So he says, Get after it. Um, so he removed that day the he goats that were ring strake, spotted, and all the goats that were speckled, yada, yada, yada. Um, gave them into the hands of his sons. He set three days' journey between him and uh, Jacob. And Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flock. So he separated those animals, right? He put his over here, three days' journey, and um, the rest over here let's see okay and Jacob took him rods of green poplar poplar is a tree rods are of course branches and of the hazel and chestnut trees and he pilled white strakes in them and made the white appear which was in the rods I've never done this I understand but I'm thinking that there was a stick a branch a rod Okay, and we know that, you know, a, a green, you know, a green tree. Number one, if you try to break the rod off, it like it, it's hard because it's moist, right? It's growing, and so you can't. It's hard, so you have to cut it off. But when you cut it off, you have this layer of bark on the outside, right? I think what he probably did is he he like chopped off all the little pieces, and he had a nice rod, and then he took his knife, and he like grabbed a little edge of the bark, and he like peeled it down the limb, right? exposing the white underneath of the tree okay and then he like rotated it and left a little bark and then probably grabbed the bark at the top and peeled it again so when you're looking at this this branch that he's now manipulated through cunning and the spirit of wisdom it's not a, it's not a branch with bark on it it's a branch with no bark bark no bark bark that's just that's my understanding i may be totally wrong but that's kind of how I, I think this went down then he set the rods which he had pilled before the flocks in the gutters and in the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink, that they should conceive when they came to drink. Interesting. I, I mean, apparently these um, manipulated branches um, made these cattle want to get after it and conceive in front of these sticks. And, okay, that's how I read it. Is that how you read it? 
And it said, The flocks conceived before the rods, and they brought forth cattle, and the cattle was ring-straked, speckled, and spotted. Just his kind. And so guess what Jacob did? Jacob separated the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring-straked, so moved them around, and all the brown in the flock of Laban, and he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not unto Laban's cattle. So the ones that came out that were less than perfect in color only, right, um, were his. And if there happened to come out a perfect one, it you know went to Laban. So it came to pass that whenever the stronger cattle did conceive, Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle that they might conceive before the rods. Now, it all and then and then and then it says. But when the cattle were feeble, he did not put the rods in. So he was a cattleman. Far, uh, you know, he was a cowboy. He may have been from Texas. Um, he could tell robust, healthy cattle from less than robust, healthy cattle. Okay? And when it came time to do this, he only did this trick with the healthy, strong cattle, not with the unhealthy cattle. So what happened is, he got all these cattle that looked less than perfect, right? But were perfect. They were the strong ones. They were the healthy ones. They were the ones able to survive. And it says, And the man increased exceedingly, and he had much cattle, and maidservants, and men servants, and camels, and asses. So Jacob's tactic here with the cattle of his father-in-law was based on the notion of a link between what was present visible to the animals, their environment, during mating, and the resulting offspring. Jacob influenced, Jacob influenced the outcome in his favor by altering the environment of the cattle. So you tell me that we're not influenced by our environment we factually are there's no disputing it so a little activity here what can you do what can we do to alter our environment in order to influence the outcome for ourselves for our children for all those that we love and hold dear there's four spaces there you can write down some ideas that you can implement today to alter your environment to benefit yourself, your family, and those around Go ahead and write some things down. And maybe share. Somebody give me an idea. What, what can we do? Not everybody at once. Mark. Tuning out or minimizing the exposure we have to 24-hour, seven days a week news media input. Okay. I have never been in the military. I've never had to fight a war physically. Praise the Lord. But, of course, we would all be willing if we were called upon. 
But you know, I, I hear about in Vietnam, the Viet Cong, and some of you may have experienced this, I don't know. They would put these gigantic speakers out there and they would say, hey, Dennis, GI, your friend back home is getting with your girl. They would say these things and it would they, they were trying to drive them crazy they were planting these seeds in their mind and 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 trying to make them quit trying to make them give up and go home okay that was the Viet Cong trying to influence the environment of our warriors and I'm sure it was effective to some extent we did not win that war News media, does anybody in here think that news media is there to present the unbiased, honest, truthful facts in the matter? Anybody? They're there, I believe, it's my opinion, to influence your thinking. And, and probably not for the conservative side of the aisle. They're also there to sell media. Okay? If they can have your rapt attention 24-7, how much is an ad worth on that channel? Okay? Influence and money. That's what they're after. They're not there to bring you the unbiased, un, you know, tarnished truth that ain't it and yet so many today wake up and that's what they do right Mark turn on CNN turn on CNBC they got multiple things going they have all this flood of stuff coming in man <laughs> that is the enemy's probably his choice way to influence our thinking that's a great one Mark anybody else have Homeschooling, that's a great idea. I mean, some people can, some people can't. I get it, you know. But if you can, that's a great idea because that's another influence or that's another tactic of the enemy is get them while they're young, get them indoctrinated in all this malarkey, right? And they'll grow up leaning left, okay? They'll grow up worried more about the animals and the trees than the heavens and the spirit. Okay? Y'all fill those in and think of some things that you can do to influence your environment for the better. Okay? Um, and then I, I have a, a four blanks here that says, what do, you, what do we want the outcomes to be? Do you want to wake up every day anxious and in turmoil? Man. <laughs> I know I don't want to wake up every day anxious and in turmoil. I want to wake up every day peaceful, refreshed, thinking on the Lord. You know, I want to have his, his mind, his thinking, his thoughts, his, his will, his ways dictating my actions for the day. Okay? 
So I want one of my outcomes to be to wake up being refreshed, to being, you know, at peace, to being uh, joyful, okay? There's a difference between joy and happiness. We can be unhappy over things, but we can have the joy of the Lord. It's our strength, okay? So give some thought to that. What do you want your, what do you want your outcomes to be? And start actively managing your environment for the Lord and for the kingdom and for the spirit realm, for the second level, okay? Not, this is all going to burn up and pass away. It's like they stubble, right, in the, in the furnace. So let's look at a few other examples uh, in the remaining minutes that we have of some other individuals being admonished, oftentimes by Jesus, to shift their paradigm of thought, Okay, to shift their thinking. We'll start with Matthew 16, verse 21 through 23. It says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem, and he must suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and ultimately be killed and raised again on the third day. He's sharing this with his disciples. Peter grabs him by the arm and pulls him aside, and he rebukes Jesus. And he says, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not come unto you. So I ask you, was Peter demonstrating first-level thinking or second-level thinking? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jesus turns and he says, Peter, get behind me. Satan, he calls him Satan. Okay, he's calling, he's speaking to the spirit. He's speaking to the spirit influence in Peter at that moment. Who was the spiritual influence in Peter at that moment? Satan. Because he doesn't say, Get thee behind me, Peter. You're not thinking right. He says, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you savor not the things that be of God, but that those that be of men. Okay? Peter loved Jesus. Okay? We all love Jesus. Amen? He didn't want this to happen. Right? And he was manifesting out of the physical flesh when he said this. Jesus, this cannot be. This, this, this can't happen to you. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure this doesn't happen. Right? Jesus says, no, you're not thinking right. Okay? This has to happen. This is the whole reason I came, Peter. Right? Yes. The word savorist, when I think of the word savor, I think of food, personally. <laughs> Savory. Um, he says, thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. Savorist is our word phreneo. Anybody ever heard any teachings or talk talking about the word phreneo? And it means to um, to be essentially to be disposed towards a certain thing, to be to be you know inclined towards something. And 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 Jesus is telling Peter, you're not being inclined towards the things of the spirit here. Okay, you're being inclined towards the things of the earth, the things of man. 
Peter was being earthly minded, carnally minded, not heavenly or spiritually minded, and Jesus not only pointed it out to him, but he rebuked him for it. Okay? He rebuked him for it. And he let him know that that kind of thinking was offensive to him. Okay? We don't want to be offensive to Jesus. He's our elder brother, right? Our joint heir in the kingdom. We don't want to offend him. We want to partner with him, right? We can offend him by using our first level carnal earthly Mark 9 verse 38 through 41 John answers him saying master we saw somebody today casting out a devil in your name and he is not one of us he is not following us so we told him stop stop doing this Jesus says to John do not forbid him to do that. He upbraided him. Okay? Do not forbid him. For there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. Meaning, if somebody does something, they're, they're probably not going to be talking bad about me. Because why would they do that? They're doing something in my name, and yet they're going to speak bad of me? No. Jesus says, that when he says lightly, he means it's, it's unlike, it's un, you could say unlikely. If somebody does a miracle in my name, it's unlikely that they're going to speak evil of me. And then he says, and this is second level thinking. He that is not against us is on our part. He that is not against us is for us. John was coming at it from first level thinking that said, if they're not with us, they're against us. I have thought that way. Anybody else ever thought that way? If you're not with me, if you're not on our team, you're the enemy. That is not true. Jesus says that is not, that line of thinking is not accurate. Okay. Because First Baptist Church downtown Dallas doesn't preach the same way that the Father's Church and the Saints Network Church teaches and preaches, does it mean they're against us? Are they against the kingdom of God? No. They just are doing it a different way. Right? We, we, we need to be mindful of that because we, 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 we tend to think it's our way or the highway. It's God's way. Oh, Stacy. Yes, I thought you were pointing up. It's God's way. Right. Right. 
Yeah. Right. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can't let them in your environment. Right. You don't want to be influenced in your environment by them. Right. Well, when I when I say environment, I'm not I'm not talking about a a, a person. You're yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it can be a multitude of things, right? I mean, when we look at our environment, it can be any one of a number of things. And yeah, yeah. I guess the point I'm wanting to make here is, in this story, there was an individual that was not one of the twelve, not one of the disciples, that was casting out a demon from somebody in Jesus's name. Right, and it would appear by what Jesus said here, he is not the enemy, right? That's correct, but Right. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And you know, another uh, great example of that is Gamaliel, right? When he, when he says, look, you guys are persecuting this sect. You need to just leave them alone because if it's from God, you don't want to find yourself fighting against God. If it's not of God, it's going to fizzle away and, and turn into nothing anyway, right? Um, that's a really good point. But my, again, the point I'm driving home here is First level, earthly thinking is, if you're not for us, you're against us. Jesus says, if you're not against us, and you're doing righteous acts, continue on. Absolutely. Yes, and that's, I think, as part of what you were saying. We need to let let that dog lie, right? The Lord will take care of that, and, 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 and there's people all over this earth doing good for the kingdom of God. Yeah. All over the earth doing good for the kingdom of God. He could have easily 
God and we were the other sheep. That's right. At one time. Right. Yes. And, and the Lord blessed us and he brought us, kept bringing us forward. And when we see other individuals who are loving the Lord, he's actively bringing them forward. And uh, perhaps there's that point where he's putting them in our path so that we can facilitate that work of the Spirit on them. Amen. And so um, we have to carry our own environment because we're going to be sent into the darkness. We're mm -hmm. going to be sent into those places where people are craving light. And they're going to see us. So that's that we're of in the world, but not of the world. Right. So our environment is the world. Yep. Uh, but it's not shaping us because we're more spirit than we are physical. Yep. So it's um, it's really uh, when we're participating with the Father, we, we are we are going to be um, in many different places that are unsavory, but we don't savor them. Mm -hmm. We we don't we're not um, in wonder of them, like you know John and the lady of heaven that had all the blood and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we, we see it for what it is and we stand uh, according to our commissioning knowing that God's going to do what we have been ordained for through us. Amen. So good. Thank you for that. Thank you all for your, your thoughts. Monica, you mentioned the other day about, I guess it was Abraham and pitching his tent towards Bethel, right? Uh, versus Sodom and Gomorrah? No, no. The plane he of... Pitched, he pitched his tent between Bethel and Ai. Ai. And the correlation was Bethel represented his, you know, the presence of the Lord and his communion with the Lord, which is where he would focus. Mm -hmm. And Ai represents the world. Mm -hmm. and the point is, is that our light into the world is only as bright as our communion Thanks for sharing that. Okay. <coughs> Luke 10, 38, a passage we're all familiar with, uh, but again, one that serves as a prime example of what we're talking about here. So it came to pass that as they went, they entered into a certain village, this is the disciples, and a certain woman named Martha saw him come and said, hey, come to my house. We'll have a get-together. She had a sister named Mary, uh, and Mary was at the house, and it, eventually uh, Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his word. Actually, I'm not, I'm not going to say listening to his word. I'm going to say hearing, because there's a difference. Monica had some discussion about the difference between listening and hearing. No, you want to listen. You want to listen. No, 
actually receiving in okay. his mind. Okay. So Mary was hearing his word. I'm sure she laid it up and pondered the things in her heart. Martha was cumbered about, much serving. And she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me all alone to serve this whole get-together here? Ask her, call her, bid her, make her come and help me. Jesus answers and he says unto her, Martha, Martha, bless your heart. You are so anxious and have so much anxiety and are so troubled and disquieted in your mind about so many things. There's only one thing that's needed. And Mary has chosen that. Mary has chosen that good part. And that shall not be taken from her. How many of us live there? <laughs> you know, how come you're not helping? How come you're falling down on your job? You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that, right? It happened to me this week. You know, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I have this new person that's helping me out. They don't know anybody. They don't know anything. I need to be there. You know, Lord, how come this has happened? There's only one thing, Les, that you need to be focused on. Sit at my feet. Sit in the conference. Listen to my word. Right? Don't be anxious. Don't be anxiety-ridden. Seek me. That's the good part. That's the only thing. It says here, only, it says, but one thing is needful. What does needful mean? Doesn't that mean it's what we need? <laughs> Pretty straightforward. There's only one thing we need, right? And he'll take care of everything else. Martha was carnally minded. Mary was heavenly minded. Martha was in the first level thinking. Mary was in the second level of thinking. Jesus tells her and he tells us today there's only one thing that's necessary. Choose me. Choose to sit at my feet. Choose to hear and listen to my word. And that is the equivalent for us today of sitting in commune with the Father. Sitting with the word, right? God's word. I mean, does it not blow your mind that we have access in all languages around the world and all nations to the inerrant, perfect, pure word of Abba, Father? It's astounding to me. How come more people don't read this book? Do you understand? We have access right here. It's crazy. Everything we need is between those two covers. The Holy Spirit was, you know, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, it's, it's needful for me that this happens, right? That I go away. Because when I go away, I'm going to send one to you, the Comforter, the Teacher, the Holy Spirit. He will teach you in all truth and all righteousness, okay? We have the Holy Spirit residing in us. We have the Holy Spirit to interpret for us. 
Pastor Luciano, Luciano and I have been communicating here more than we have recently, and, you know, he has this little translator thing on his phone, and he can say something, and it, you know, I can read it, and I can say something, and he can read it. It's pretty darn cool, okay? Huh? Microsoft Translator. You know, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing. But that's like the Holy Spirit, okay? That little phone is like the Holy Spirit, Okay? The Holy Spirit translates for our understanding what the Lord wants to say to us. Yes. He opens our, our understanding to the revelation, the deeper things that the eyes and minds of the world are blinded to. Okay, it's like, man, if the world would just come on board, you know, the revelation that the Lord has for mankind today is just profound. That's, that, that word doesn't even do it justice. But the Holy Spirit is there to instruct us in all righteousness, to teach us. Let's read Matthew 6, 24 to 34. No man can serve two masters. He will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I'm going to pause there. Mammon could simply be interpreted money. Okay, Mammon is from an Aramaic word that means when you think about money, having your confidence in your bank account balance, having your confidence in how much you have invested, how much you have saved, how much you have set aside, having confidence in uh, your wealth or your treasures or your riches. And this is not saying you can't have money. And it's not even saying you can't have a strong liking for money. It does say that it, it does not say that money is the root of all evil. I speak against that life from the pit of hell. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, like y'all, we're 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 again, we're in this physical, carnal world. Okay, Luciano, we could not have gone and sat down at Terry Black's barbecue the other day, and ate a fine meal and walked out without paying. You know, it doesn't work that way. In, in, in this economy, you have to have money, right, to operate. You gotta buy a plane ticket to get to Brazil to partner in ministry with Luciano and his church. You know? So what this word is saying to us is you can't be a servant to money. You can't wake up thinking, I got to go out and build a bigger barn. Right? We have to be heavenly minded. And if the Lord chooses to bless us financially so that we can bless others or we can do whatever, that's his decision. Okay? But what this is saying is you cannot serve, you can't serve and be a slave to God and also be a servant to money. <coughs> 
Therefore I say unto you, don't take any thought for your life. Don't think about what you're going to eat. Don't think about what you're going to drink. Don't think about your body. Don't think about what you're going to put on your body. Because isn't life more than food? And isn't the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. Olivia and I walk the dogs in the morning. And she'll tell you. We walk outside and I say, it's a beautiful morning. And I'll hear the, the morning birds singing. And I'll say, gosh, I love to hear those morning birds singing. And y'all are going to laugh at me, but I have this little piece of paper that has my daily reading plan on it. It's got my two morning verses and my two evening verses. <laughs> <laughs> I made a column on my paper on the left-hand side, right along, you know, the 30 days in the month or 31, whatever have you. And at the top I put, morning bird sings. And I write down the time every day that I hear the first morning bird sing. Because I love to hear them. But I'm also inquisitive and curious about nature because I'm thinking that the morning bird sings when it sees the first light. And at different times during the season, the sun comes up earlier, sometimes it comes up later, right? And, and each day it comes up at a different time. And I'm wondering if the morning bird's singing is correlated to the progression of time, right? <laughs> so, yes, I'm a weird one. So look, um, are you not any better than the birds? The, the, the father, I mean, even Solomon is not dressed as, as good as them. He's not dressed as good as the lilies of the field. The lilies of the field don't work. They don't toil. They don't strain. If God takes care of them today, which is, which is, if God takes care of them, which is today, and then is tomorrow cast into the oven, you know, the, the, the grass, how much more is he going to take care of you? Okay? O oh, you of little faith, take no thought saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? After all these things, Gentiles seek. Your Father in heaven knows that you have need of all these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All this other stuff will be added unto you. Don't even worry about tomorrow. Don't think about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself, if it even comes. Does anybody in here know that we're guaranteed tomorrow? Is tomorrow even, is yesterday even real? <laughs> Did we really go to Stacy and Scott's last night? <laughs> it's in the past. It's over. Can never get it back. It is gone. Which I want to digress real quick. Along that line, how many of you, <coughs> the enemy, will bring up a remembrance of something that you did in your past that was less than wholesome. Anybody? Anybody? I want you, when that happens, I want us, when that happens, because it does happen. It is not of the Lord. That I promise you. Because his word says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he separated our sin from us. If we have come before him and we have confessed and we have repented and we have turned the other way, 
the only reason these things come into your mind is because of the enemy. It is the only reason. It is. I've had it happen. And I'm like, Lord. And he like laughs at me. He's like, I didn't bring that up. You brought that up. I forgot all about it, as a matter of fact. <laughs> he wants to know why you keep reminding him. Right. Why do you keep bringing that up to me? I, you know, I, I threw it in that sea of forgetfulness. You know? So just a word of encouragement. It is an enemy tactic. Okay? It is, the enemy is like a roaring lion roaming around, seeking whom he may steal from, kill, and destroy. And he'll use anything at his disposal to, to, to make that happen. Okay? That was free. I know we're about out of time. I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to stop here. Um, I'm encouraged by the communication and the conversations that are recorded in the Gospels between Jesus and the disciples because it gives me hope. Okay? These are the disciples, handpicked by Jesus, walking along the shore of Galilee. You come follow me. You come follow me. You go get your brother. You come follow me. Right? Jesus is picking these out. Follow me. And yet, all the time, we read the word, and he's like, why are you there? You're supposed to be here. Why are you thinking that way? I've taught you to think this way. How long am I going to have to be with you before you get it? I find complete comfort in that. Because I feel him telling me that all the time. Right? But you know what? We're in good company. And we have a gracious father, full of ready to extend it to us ready to forgive us ready to remind us ready to corral us back on the right path amen hallelujah thank you Jesus alright I'm out of time thank you for your rapt attention and your participation I'm going to say a prayer and then we will be finished for the morning Father I want to thank you for the fact that we are all standing on holy ground this morning and for um, just being in our presence. For loving us enough, Lord, to not only send your only begotten Son into this lost and dying and sinful and dirty world to save us, but that you show up every day in our lives, ready and willing and desirous of our partnership and our relationship and our commune with you Lord your word is just miraculous we were taking communion yesterday Father and I was thinking about the blood and, and, and the, that's represented by the, the wine or the juice that's in the cup and I was thinking about Fabian and how he loves Superman and Superman's all about kryptonite and I was thinking these are the things I think and you know it um, blood of Jesus is the most powerful I don't even know what to call it. Element? Thing? And it, none of that does it justice. It's the most powerful substance. Not on earth. Everywhere. In the universe. In the galaxy. In, in, in the cosmos. It's, we, 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 we are so thankful to you. For the blood of Jesus. And that it covers. 
a multitude of sins, Lord. It covers all things that bought our salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to fellowship, to be together, Lord. Just the, the, the times of sharing and caring and loving and worshiping and all that we've had this week. We're so thankful. Father, we, we, we go forward from this, this visit today, this discussion today, asking that you would constantly remind us to shift our thinking up to your level. Lord, when we get all off in our first level thinking, Lord, remind us, please, have your Holy Spirit quicken our spirits to stop thinking along this earthly carnal plane. Let us be spiritually minded. Let us be heavenly minded. We thank you for that. Bless everybody in this house. Those that couldn't be with us, bless them. Those that are hearing my voice, bless them. And Father, just keep us on that straight and narrow path, Lord, walking towards you, fulfilling those things that you've called us to. We love you. We give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen.